0: podcast here we've got a bit of a change uh max has had some other obligations he has to take care of so tonight and likely going forward uh for the foreseeable time being you'll have myself uh, sean Newkirk here and uh my co-host or i'm his co-host whichever way you want to think about it uh matthew lamar matt how's it going going good going good 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 um we have a few things on the agenda to to talk about tonight and uh just want to say thank you for listening here. Uh, We're available on iTunes. Um, If you likely have heard our podcast before, you're familiar with Royals Review. If you haven't, welcome to your inaugural Royals Review podcast there. Hope it's uh, a good one there for you. Um, Just uh, off the bat here, we can kind of dive in on things. Um, Let's talk about uh, Chris Young. We're actually, right now, as we speak in the middle of a rain delay here in the bottom of the ninth. Um, Chris Young looks pretty good tonight, Matt. What do you what do you think there?
1: Yeah, I mean, I don't know what to think about him because uh, you know he's really tall, and I I assume that that must help him because he's throwing an eighty seven mile an hour fastball, and Miguel Cabrera is just missing at was, an eighty
0: seven mile an hour fastball. I know. I I don't understand. Uh, you know, and I maybe it's the rain or it's it's Sunday night, it's Mother's Day, they got other things on their mind, but. Yeah, I, I can't see how Triple Crown winner Miguel Cabrera, one of the best hitters, maybe probably of all time or one of them at least, is just whiffing on these eighty-seven down the middle, and it's Cabrera, it's Martinez, it's the whole team just can't hit them. And I mean, it, uh, you think it's the height, or kind of what do you think really stands out that's kind of driving that home there?
1: Well, it's it's on Sunday Night Baseball on ESPN. Um, oh. So um, so we've got different. Uh, people who are talking about the game on TV. And so that's, that's nice, you know, to, to get a break for, uh, yeah. to see, you know, different perspectives. And, um, uh, uh, the, the two things that they were talking about was getting the ball deep in the zone, which I don't understand what that means. I, I, yeah. I don't get it, but the other, I, I didn't either. Yeah. The other thing is, uh, Kurt Schilling was talking about how, um, and they had, they had a really good, uh, visual, uh, picture and, and, uh, a video of his uh, delivery that sort of backed this up. It was that um, he hides the ball for a long time. So when he, when he pitches um, his gloves out in front and then he, the way that his delivery is his ball, the ball is behind his head for longer. And then for most pitchers, you know, it's out, um, you know, more out where the batter can see it. And so then he said that just that extra, you know, split second of not being able to pick up on the pitch, you know, you don't have very much time, anyways. So that's. Yeah. Um, I, I, I. That's, that's got to be it, you know, that they just. They're just not seeing the ball well. Um,
0: yeah. And that's, and that's part a, of his delivery. That's a big thing with uh, Royals prospect uh, Shaw Maniah. He's got. He has big deception. Keith Law will almost refuses to put Maniah on his top 100 or top 50 because he thinks it's all deception. It's almost no stuff, which I. Which is. Hard to you know agree with, in my opinion, but uh, still, yeah, deception plays a big part of it, and I didn't get that deeper in the zone. Uh, hitters want the ball to be deeper in the zone because y- you line up the barrel of your bat better with that there than wanting to wait. You wait longer to see the ball, which kind of makes sense, but I-, I don't understand the difference between deep in the zone and deeper. There's a finite amount of space that that ball can travel in the Yeah,
1: zone. and I mean, Kurt Schilling is sometimes, sometimes he says some good things, but other times he says, like, there's a lot of things that was just not... Not good at – just not good at analysis at all. He said at the beginning, you know, the Royals don't have somebody who's going to get the batting title or hit 40 home runs or have a 20-win pitcher. But somehow they're still winning. It's just like, oh, my goodness. (laughs) Everybody else knows why they're still winning, you know?
0: Yeah, do they not just make the World Series last – I mean, it's – and, you know, other than Schilling's – whole ideas on evolution without getting into too far with that. Yeah, he does say uh, some, some very strange things. And you think he's out there as far as – I was watching MLB Network the other night, and Eric Burns was on there, and he's just – he's maybe the worst. Who is your vote for probably maybe the worst sportscaster – well, baseball sportscaster out
1: there? I don't know about baseball sportscaster. Uh, Schilling's pretty bad. Um, I don't know. As far as somebody who talks about uh, it not – not specifically baseball. I mean, uh, skip Bayless is just really awful. (laughs) Like, and you know, he's, he's got a lot of energy and, uh, he gets good ratings, but he's just, his analysis is just really, really bad. And I guess I've heard, I was, um, I've heard some bad things on a national. I, I think most of it is just the national people who are just, um, they have these narrative driven, uh, reactions to the Royals. You know, they're, they're saying today, you know, the Royals are a young team and, They've been writing that narrative for five years. You know, at what point are they not young anymore? None of the right. none of the starters is under twenty five years old. You know, <laughs> they're, they're they're a team that's pretty much in their prime. their Their best players are younger, but I mean, yeah. Gordon is over thirty. Uh, Morales is over thirty. Uh, you look at Hosmer, Perez. They're twenty five. They're not yeah. exactly you know super young. Moose is twenty six. That's yeah. you know, it, it's just uh, with baseball, it's yeah. you want to sort of not fall into the trap of just talking about uh narratives because you can get that really easily
0: do you think you think uh bayless just kind (laughs) of will sometimes just troll i mean you think i really think some of the stuff he says it's just pure reaction based i mean it's just to get a reaction it it, no faith behind it just just solely out there just be like how many people can i piss off or just tweet at me to really get out there. So.
1: Yeah, I think, I think part, of, part of his thing is uh, first take is built around yeah. discussion. So he takes a position that he may or may not eventually or
0: even yeah. like,
1: or, or he takes this position that he sort of uh, sees something and then sees this position and then takes it. And then even if he's wrong, he doesn't like admit he's wrong. He just like yeah. keeps on. Because that's the good of the show, right? It's not It's not a good show of him and uh, – uh, who's the other guy? Um,
0: Stephen Smith. Yeah. Or Stephen Smith. Yeah, yeah
1: it's him and Smith are just, you know, oh, yeah, I agree. It's, you know, that show <laughs> is really in- entertaining when Bayless and, and Smith are just yeah. going at it. So
0: Peach. Right, right. Um, all right, so how about uh, the starter from – what was it, last night or two nights ago? Uh, Jeremy Gethry. How about that? That was a nice little outing by the, by the old vet there, huh?
1: Yeah, I mean, it was, but – Guthrie's Guthrie um you can't you can't expect him to do that every time and he does have some good starts he's he's a pitcher you know uh, yeah. if he has good stuff if he's locating well um, then he'll do well uh, but otherwise he just doesn't have the strikeout capability to really uh, stay on it for longer than more than a start
0: right and the walks have been up a bit on him this year I, I think as well and and that's another kind of thing of, of building the narrative that uh, I think of a lot of, maybe not casual Royals fans, but a, a lot of more casual style fans, they they just think, oh, you know, Guthrie, innings eater, but, you know, if you're giving up five runs in those six, seven innings you're going out there, it, it just doesn't work. Do you think, I mean, going forward, at least with Guthrie, we're probably going to be seeing the bad Guthrie more than the good Guthrie, you you would think, right?
1: Yeah, I mean uh, strikeouts and walks are things that stabilize quicker than everything else. And um, his career average for strikeouts per nine innings is five point three. Um and right now he's rocking a solid three point five.
0: So nice. and, only, and he's walk- uh, only double only double below what the league average is essentially.
1: There. Yeah, I mean it's he's never been a guy that strikes out a lot of people, but you have to strike out some more people to get out some people. Uh
0: right.
1: you know, eventually even with the Royals defense, you just can't let people put balls into play that much.
0: Yeah. And he um he actually and I don't know, do you know maybe what the league kind of average bav-up is for pitchers usually or what it hovers around? Any idea there? I mean,
1: I don't know off the top of my head, but okay. you know, I for for a guy like him I would have to say it's a little higher because he doesn't.
0: That's what I was thinking. And three ten is what his is, and I I would imagine that for twenty fourteen, it just seems like he's someone that yeah puts would allow a lot of balls in play there, and you know even if you had Ozzy Smith at every position or the equivalent of that, you're you can't give up that many hits or that many consistent balls in play there. And um, does it seem like you know he has a lot of hard hit balls in play, or is it usually kind of? It seems like it's usually hard hit kind of, man, I'm glad a defender was there rather than just, you know, kind of weak ground outs and pop ups and the like. You, you, you agreement there? Or what do you think about that?
1: Yeah, um, he's just not getting people out, you know. Uh, yeah. That, that's just a core thing is you have to get people out. And the the defense independent uh, statistics uh, say that he's not very good either, right? Yeah. It's not just the ERA. It's his right. FIP and ex-FIP
0: are both over five, and that's, right. you know, that's that's
1: Kyle Davis bad.
0: Yeah. All of the basically all the earn estimators just think that he's not a good pitcher. And you know what it's kind of nice that he's this is the last year we'll have him. It's basically no way his his or his option for next year gets picked up. I think it's a mutual option, but either way the Royals have the obli- the the, the obligation or not. They don't have the obligation. They have the, the right to do it. Yeah. I, it's a no brainer. It's not getting picked up. There
1: right. exists a world in which uh, he pitches like last year, which is the area was four, one, three. You know, if he pitches like yeah. that going forward throughout the rest of the year, they might pick him up. But yeah, from, from what it looks like now, his velocity is a bit down. He's not striking yeah. people out. His walks are up. Um, this is, it's just, you know, all the telltale signs but a pitcher just not, doesn't have it anymore. Oh, right. Or, or is losing it, you know?
0: Yeah, and he's 30, what is he, 35? I mean, it's not like... 36. 36, right. So it's not like this is just some outlier of a season where it's like, oh, you know, he'll be fine. I mean, he's, he's old. I mean, he, you know, the, if people call the Royals older. I mean, he's probably outside of what, is Chris Young, I think, is older than him, or at least the near age. But he's got to be one of the oldest people on the team, right?
1: Yeah. Um, is Abanez still on the team? I, 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 don't,
0: I don't know. Abanez? Yeah,
1: I think he's, he's, he's
0: always on the team. He's, I he's think just, he's, he is the team. Yeah, I think they're trying him out as bad boy or something right now. Or right? he's 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 still employed in some capacity, whether he be Dayton Moore's secretary or something. He's there's no way that this club ever lets Abania's not on the payroll. Uh,
1: Chris Young is he's 35. Oh, well, Chris Young's uh, I guess only two months younger than Guthrie oh, is. Okay. But okay. something that Chris Young has that Guthrie doesn't is first of all Chris Young's cheap. Yeah. He's making seven hundred thousand dollars. Right. And, um he has a deception thing, right? yeah, and that's something that Guthrie just doesn't have
0: um, so but we yeah. could put the we could put the likely the the whole Royals review, everybody would be in agreement that our our stamp of disapproval on that option being picked up i mean, yeah. it would be not disastrous, but it would certainly be something we wouldn't want to happen or expect to happen, you know, if things continue.
1: Unless right? – Guthrie turns around and pitches really, really well for the rest of the season. But, right. again, he probably won't.
0: Yes. And so, I mean, let's say this Royals team makes the playoffs there. Do you think, you know, Guthrie goes out, and even if he's bad, how much stock do you think a guy like maybe Dayton Moore or Ned put into, like, a big postseason performance? You know, how they started him in, in Game 7 of, of the World Series, and, or uh, was it the World Series? Anyways, they yeah. started him in the yeah. game. Was it the World Series there? Was, I yeah. Okay, and I mean, they, he was in the game. I mean, it was a you know two run game. I mean, you think Dayton and Ned put that much stock in something like that? That you know, hey, this guy was good for us down the stretch, or he was good in the World Series. Let's let's keep him going. Or it's basically got to be. There's just no way, you know, unless again he's like that. Yeah. Okay, good. Um, let's see here. Of course, <laughs> my cat is killing me right now as I'm trying to pay attention. They do um, that, don't you? So just the other day, I wrote an article. uh, I'll pimp pimp my own stuff here about uh, trading for, and I specifically wanted to target only aces um, or perceived very good players at least. What do you think? You think this team, if the cost is right, you know that's that's always a big piece of it. And of course, if the cost is right, then you would accept it. But you know, even if we have to pay a little bit more than what we want, do you think this team? Should be pursuing, you know, Cole Hamels or Johnny Cueto or or somebody that's four, four win, three and a half to four win pitchers up there? Um,
1: I I think that I've gone back and forth on this as far as those two specific pitchers. But if the Royals can get Cole Hamels, um, I would rather have them do that because uh, this rotation is is a mess. Um, and I ha- I've been beating the drum of the Royals need to get someone. It doesn't have to be a front ran- front range starter, sure. you know. Yeah. Uh, I I think when you think of acquiring pitchers at the deadline, you think oh acquiring an ace. And yeah. The, you don't have to do that. But this rotation, you look, you look at the Royals right, and they've got uh, Guthrie, who we talked about, who is not good, and probably won't won't be good. Um, you've got. Volquez, who has been very good and probably will still continue to be pretty good, but he doesn't have a history of being you know
0: uh consistently good yeah right?
1: like really, really good
0: yeah.
1: Um, yeah, get, he was really good last year, but um he he seems better this year. I don't know I don't know what's going on, but he seems he seems i'm really impressed with him
0: yeah, i agree uh,
1: his His strikeouts a little below his uh his career norms, but his walks are way down. And uh, he's not allowing as many home runs. He's he's been a little lucky, but he's been he's looked really good. Yeah. Um, but but anyways, so you've got him. He's tentative thumbs up, right?
0: For now, yeah, certainly.
1: Um. So we've got Guthrie as a thumbs down. We've got Volquez at a tentative thumbs up. Uh, Danny Duffy could go any direction,
0: <laughs> right? I
1: I really like him. Uh, he may be anywhere from uh, just like a really solid number two starter, or he just may be horrible. You, you just You you don't know, and so that's thumped sideways on him. Um, Ventura, he's been pretty bad this year. I mean, yeah, there's no getting around it. He's been bad, Um, and he his ceiling if he doesn't develop some secondary pitches, um, is basically what it was last year. You know, or lower because his his fastball is not going
0: to go up. Yeah,
1: it's just going to go down.
0: Uh, and he has gotten strike. I mean, for a guy that's a, got the heater and he's got some walk issues, his his K nine as of right now is six point four eight. I mean, almost a full strike or might, might might even be more than a full strike per nine strikeout per nine under the league average there. So that's another thing that's you know velocity is great, but velocity doesn't get you very far if the guys are just putting the ball in play. You know, so I, I'm with you there. That yeah, Ventura t- hasn't been good. You know, there either.
1: Um, yeah, if it, the thing about Ventura is that if he if he has a pitch that's the strikeout pitch, you know, like think of, think Zach Granke in two thousand nine, you know that slider was coming and you know the yeah. hitters knew it was coming, you just couldn't hit it. If he could do it. if he yeah. if he has that or like a Soria curveball or you know the Greg Holland slider thing, if he if he has one of his pitches like that that he could strike out people with, is the sky is a limit for the kid.
0: Yeah. But he he does it so. He in one pitch, right? And he's been playing with his cutter a little bit more. He's actually, fastball users has gone down almost, what is that, uh, 7%, and now his cutter's ticked up almost, uh, well, now 7% as well. Basically, it's been a one-for-one swap from the fastball to the cutter, but the cutter just hasn't been, at least by, you know, pitch effects values, it, it hasn't been worthwhile to be throwing there, essentially there. Um, and that could be a thing. I mean, he might be playing with stuff right now. We know that Ned Yost the other day, um, you know, the – hours after I wrote my article, someone asked Andy McCullough, hey, was he just holding back when I, I had the piece about him losing the loss and go, oh yeah, he's just holding back. So that might be a part of it there where he's trying to play around with stuff and it's, it's just not working. I mean, of course, we're only 33 innings into the, mm-hmm. the year from there, but I mean, it, it's not like last year he was super explosive and blew everybody away and put up four wins. I mean, he was, you know, above average pitcher two almost two and a half wins, but still, yeah, I mean, he's second time around in the league i mean you always hear that you know people might know what expecting if they're expecting fastball it's pretty pretty easy to hit fastball regardless of you know how fast it is that's why Rolls chapman has more than just a fastball
1: yeah so we've got volquez thumbs up danny duffy thumbs
0: i don't know Uh, we've
1: got uh ventura thumbs somewhere i don't know we've got guthrie thumbs down and jason vargas um I think Summer between thumbs sideways or thumbs down um right. he has not been good so far yeah at all his it's it's actually kind of really funny his ERA is 5.26 his FIP is 5.27 and his xFIP sure. is 5.29 so he's been oh yeah he's been you know five low fives all oh, yeah. across the board across the board as right. far as evaluating his performance um He's he he could go either way. Again, he's like a thumbs sideways or a thumbs thumbs down. Yeah. Let, let's give him a thumbs sideways. So we've got three sideways, one down and one one up. But not one, like yeah. we've got nobody who is The thing about Shields is you knew um every every fifth day that he had a good chance to give you a bunch of innings that were that were good. And the 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 real good thing about that is you know okay shields is coming up we can we can reset we can get back on our feet uh, from a psychological perspective but the royals don't have that like if volquez is out there he may last two innings um, if Duffy's out there he may last four innings yeah. uh, you, and you don't know how you, there's nobody who's you're like okay this is the guy Oof. right I yeah. I mean. Who do you start in a playoff game? Right. I mean, if, if Volquez is if you have a hypothetical wild card game, uh, Volquez, you know, sure starts. But in a series, I don't know. Who, who do you throw out there?
0: At- I don't. Yeah. Didn't the Pirates, the Pirates, didn't they start Volquez in the wild card game? And everybody was like, this is a terrible idea. Why are you starting as Volquez? You've got other pitchers. And of course, the Pirates lost the wild card game by some margin. So, yeah, I mean, it. you're right. I mean. You you put out Ventura, you're still not sure what you're going to get. You put out Duffy, you absolutely aren't sure what you're going to get on any given day. And then you've got the kind of three back end guys that are, you know, they're not going to strike anybody out really so far. You know, maybe they're going to get through seven innings, but they're probably going to give up a bunch of hits. If those hits get sequenced, they're probably going to give up a bunch of runs. So, yeah, you're right there.
1: And I mean, there's not that much upside either. I mean, Duffy and uh, Ventura have considerable upside, but Volquez doesn't really. He's pitching as yeah. good or better than he will, and neither Vargas or Guthrie really do either. So it's not like you know they're running out there with five Danny Salazar's who may be good or yeah. may be bad, but have a lot of upside. But they they just don't. So yeah, they, they need to get somebody. Um, they need to get somebody. They they just they can't go this whole season with their rotation being so awful. Like this rotation has been pretty awful, and they've yeah. only been saved because their bullpen has been unbelievable.
0: So you like so you you like Hamills more than Cueto essentially, right? Yeah. As far as and what's you like Hamills because he's got the longer contract, maybe could be cheaper. What are your thoughts on why Hamels necessarily over Cueto? Uh,
1: I, I just think in the long term, if you're going to give up prospects, you want something more than half a season. Um, sure. that, that That's pretty much it. I mean, the, the cost, you know, Phillies will will kick in some of that. Uh, it's just you want to give up prospects, you want to get something where he's going to pitch. Yeah. yeah. A couple of years. That's basically it.
0: I put out on in my article. I said, you know, they throw in Phillies throw in Hamels plus 50 million or 49 million, which basically cuts the contract down to about 11 million per year. Plus Monsey plus Almonte, plus Cuthbert. You agree with I mean, would you take that deal right now that Philly's offered him? Yeah, no
1: question. I would. But I, no I I think it'll cost a little more than that personally. Yeah. But uh for spitballing I don't have any more. You know. Sure. I, I would I would just not want to give up on uh Zimmer or Min- Well, Zimmer, I would give up on Zimmer if you got a good return. But
0: Yeah, I was yeah, and that's a talky point coming up, but we can kinda of just segue into it right now with some prospect no, stuff. Cool. Uh, yeah, Zimmer. W- true, or, true or false? He's going to pitch in a Royals uniform in the next two years. Sure. In the bullpen. Okay. And is it going to be? Uh, you think it's in the bullpen because performance, because of injury? Uh, you know, is it because you know, hey, we can only throw this guy so and so amount of year, you know, innings at a time over the span, um, or is it more concerned towards? Well, shoot! This guy's always injured. Let's just call him up and see what we have. Essentially. There. Uh, yeah. I, he's
1: he's just some players are just injured, and and I talked about this in the last podcast I was in. And I I just don't have any faith in Zimmer. He's some some guys just get injured, and and it you know sucks, and it's too bad. But yeah, you know you just gotta go with it. And I think Zimmer's that guy. And I think you know there are a number of starters who have struggled staying healthy that have moved to the bullpen and had some success. You know maybe. Pitching one inning a time rather than five or six, so I I, I think I think he'll, he'll get to the major leagues, but I think he's not going to be a starter. and he will never yeah. never be a starter.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, he had hamstring issue in college, and you know, shoulder. I mean, he's just been hurt all the time. There, it, it's a shame. He, I think, what was it? His debut season, which I want to say is twenty was twenty fourteen off the top of my head. Might have been twenty thirteen. Um, I think it was twenty thirteen. He. Yeah, I mean, he pitched the full season, got hurt at the very, very end, and you're thinking, okay, you know what, they pulled him just the last couple starts. I think he only missed two or three starts. You're like, okay, whatever. But then, of course, yeah, he gets shut down, and, you know, he says, oh, we, he was supposed to have actually return today. Today was supposed to be his first game back, and, of course, it didn't happen because of that there. So, yeah, I'm in agreement. He's one of those guys that, you know, as kind of Keith Law said, the, the upside potential is, is immense. He's one of the few guys that, you know, might have kind of a – number one profile there alongside of like a, a Giolito. Uh, but what good is that if the guy's never on, on the mound there. So Zimmer's Zimmer's your vote for, you know, if there's one prospect that let's say the Phillies are dying to have Kyle Zimmer, you, you've got no qualms with trading him away. Yeah.
1: If, if you can get a good return for him. Sure. Absolutely. I would I would pull the trigger and maybe he's good, but you know, you got, you got to, I, I just, I'm so frustrated with that.
0: (laughs) I could tell it in your voice there. Um, Now, Mania there, um, thoughts on him? I mean, you know, he had – what is he coming back from? I'm blanking on it right now. Um, Oh, an oblique injury. Shouldn't be any long-lasting effects for an oblique injury. I'm not, you know, well-versed on pitcher injuries in the abdomen, but – that seems like it's a it's a one off thing, but you know he also is a guy who had a hip injury, then he had some shoulder injury a, 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 out in uh, Indiana State, and now he's got the oblique strain. I mean, I think that this is another Royals prospect there that seems like he's injured often as well. You know, is he but he sounds like for you at least a guy who you want to hold on to just to see what you have. You're not as concerned with his injuries, you think? No, or?
1: I mean he hasn't he hasn't had like a string of a string of. Really bad injuries like Zimmer has had. He's had an injury here and there, um, which I sort of expect a yeah. little bit. Um, yeah, I, it's it's not good that that he's been injured. I I just I just really like him. I think because he's a lefty and because he's a yeah. big lefty, he's like your prototypical power <laughs> starter. And uh, lefties like that are just going to get so many chances. Um, yeah. Even if you're Michael Montgomery and you get so many chances and you blow all those chances, but you know.
0: Would you uh, – who, who do you like more than kind of just off the, off the cuff, uh, as far as left-hander guys go, Finnegan or, or Manaya? there, uh, for the rotation that is? Uh,
1: I like Manaya. He's bigger. Uh, he's, he's got more, more of the profile, but uh, Finnegan has, um, has sort of the intangibles, has proven that he has the intangibles, which sure. we can't measure, but uh, yeah. some pitchers, you know, they just, they just don't uh, – they're unable to. To ever succeed, because they they just don't have the, the the mental fortitude or the whatever insert insert the blank. And uh, Finnegan, you know, came up and was great and did was not phased at all. And this year has been uh, not as good, but he hasn't been phased
0: at all either.
1: Um, but I I wouldn't be surprised if either of them were successes at the major league level.
0: Sure. You give in? Are you all for? You know, they recently just. Put get back to Double A. I'm assuming you're you're all for that move. Yep. Definitely give him every shot to start, yep. right?
1: Keep him down okay. there. I mean, they they know right now that he is a major league caliber uh, left-handed reliever. That's what they know. So yeah. just try him out, see what you get.
0: It's great. <laughs> it's a great, great theory, right? I mean, I mean it's
1: just, a no lose uh, situation yeah. for them, right? If they if he doesn't work out, they can just call him up, and he's a great bullpen.
0: Yeah, he has a role. I mean, it, it's hard to. Hard to ask more out of, because I consider Finnegan still still a prospect, essentially. It's hard to, you know, there's not a lot of guys down there other than the the Giolitos or the Buxtons who are like, okay, we know we can at least get this out of them. And then there's X amount more room above that, you know. You could put Buxton in center field right now. He's probably going to be a pretty good center fielder defensively on the base pass. And, you know, the bat should play. But, yeah, with Finnegan, I mean... Maybe he does suck in the rotation. He he has a history of being pretty damn good as a starter there for long periods of time. Um, you know, college world series, uh, the team USA in the summer, the playoffs with us, you know, but yeah, I mean it seems like he's got a role that if they wanted you to just stick him in there. I mean, we know what we're gonna get out of him there essentially. Would you if the if the money was, was right there, would you sign you think Finnegan for you know, a, a long-term contract at this moment or are you maybe avoiding that? No,
1: I would, I would avoid that at all costs.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Any, any reason why just cause pitcher injuries or, uh,
1: I mean, you've, you've got a finite number of, number of resources and I wouldn't like the rose to extend a number of players that they already have right now. Um, sure. so it, plus, plus the pitcher injury thing, but
0: yeah. Who's, um, who's number one, do you think on, on your list for resigning? If you had to, if you, if, Dayton's, you know, had X amount of money and you had to make a list of, you know, go down the order of who we need to get first. Who's your number one guy for that?
1: Oh, man, this is really hard. And I, I, I was probably going to uh, I'm probably going to write something like this, um, probably closer to the mid part of the season or the offseason. But sure. the role is have an awful lot of candidates for re resigning, um, because if you look at, at where they are, like when you get to like 2018, like in 2018, practically everybody is a free agent, right. like at the same time. Um, you've got Hosmer, Kane, Moose, Escobar. All, all these guys are going off at 18. Duffy is no longer employed at 18. Um, so you, uh, having a group that's together for so long is uh, somewhat rare. I, I, would, I think you know it's, it's yeah. great seeing them, but um, the the downside of that is they're they're all leaving at the same time or within a two year time frame. Um, I first I would uh, I would try to sign Alex Gordon. I think he's at the top. Uh, he is just – he's the best player on the team until proven otherwise, and you want to have your best player back. Um, plus, on a personal level, um, you know, if he plays another five seasons with the Royals, he's going to get his number retired. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it's, it's nice to see something like that.
0: Uh, yeah. Second – um, You think his um, – you think the, his, his option – you think he picks up his option? No no i
1: i think he resigns i just i don't think he picks up his option yeah,
0: uh, yeah
1: i i mean it's hard to know what a player thinks, but the guy has millions of dollars he is from the area or you know the the regional area uh he's had success with the royals why why would why would he leave yeah uh when he, but
0: also, I'm yeah, oh, sorry. Go when,
1: when he can get a big contract, right? I mean, if he can get eighty million dollars from the Royals, why would you leave somewhere else and get ninety sure. ninety million? But it depends on how the market sees towards him.
0: Yeah. Uh, well, why would he give up? Yeah, I mean, there's no reason for him to give up. You know, potentially millions of million. You know, he he could sign a contract by next year. You know, this off season for more than twelve million, he's supposed to make. You know, he could have a huge contract or whatever his. Option amount is there, yeah. I mean, he could he could certainly it's twelve and a half million. So, yeah, I mean, I'd imagine he could pick up he could guarantee a larger contract, you know, maybe not on an AAV wise, but an overall sum there than you know twelve and a half million. And rather than sacrifice, getting hurt, so yeah, I I agree. I don't think his options uh, coming either.
1: Uh, yeah. So Gordon would be at the top of my list. Uh, you and and if if Gordon's not there, then what do you do? Right fielders no longer. Reels is gone. And left fielder right. is gone, so you've got no outfielders. Uh, I suppose you could roll with Kane and Dyson full-time, but then you still have to find two outfielders. Yeah. Uh, so Gordon is at the top. Then second, uh, depending on how Kane ends up hitting, I think you might be able to sign him with to a really good deal. Uh, but if he, he stays hitting 340, that uh, yeah. ship has probably sailed. Right. Um, resigning Salvador Perez to a longer deal would be good. Uh, that, that's something that you could get another couple of years off and, you know, pay him a little more. Um, uh, Hosmer and Moose would also be good. Uh, probably Moose more than Hosmer because Moose has a history of being horrible. Uh, so you could use that and leverage, but they're Boris clients. So you don't know. Um, you could resign Duffy to a smaller long-term contract, you know, maybe three or four years. Um, there's just a lot of guys that they could re-sign.
0: Yeah, and 2018, I mean, and I'll just go down the list for those listening. Uh, Vargas gone, Volquez gone. This is assuming, I believe this would be assuming everybody's option gets picked up and everything. Potential free agents at 2018. Uh, Vargas, Volquez, Davis, Morales, Hosmer, Escobar, Hochevar, Medlin, Kane, Ustakis, Duffy, uh, Collins, who's, and then Dyson. I mean, did I name every starter <laughs> Basically, yeah, I, I think I, I really do. I mean,
1: Perez is through, but that's it. That's it.
0: Yeah, um, and that's 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 pretty scary. I mean, it's great that we're guaranteed to have basically all of those guys for the next, you know, 15, 16, and 17, the next three-ish, two-and-a-half-ish years. But, yeah, 2018, I mean, everybody's gone. And the farm system, I mean, unless Starling keeps doing this as he's doing, you know, Monesey's. No longer hurt, and he's back at it. He's hits the way he, you know, hopefully he's supposed to be hitting. And We'd have to have good hits on Zimmer, on Manaya. Dozier's going to need to be good. Boniface, I mean, we're basically relying in 2018 if we don't get some of these guys resigned. What do we? Do? What do you? What do you do? I mean, you, you're, you're going to have to trade really... some. Yeah.
1: Uh, restock. Uh, this would help a lot better if there was just even you know two players. So if one of the pitchers, if Zimmer was already in in starting right now. Right, say Zimmer's starting. And say uh uh I don't know, Christian Colon was the starting second baseman and was, you know, two two and a half win player. Just that that's it. That's all you need. And that, that yes. helps immensely. But yeah. they don't they don't have that. Yeah. Um
0: that's, yeah. So
1: speak speaking of Starling, doing another segue here, um Great do God. you do you think Starling has a chance to um be in the conversation for the right fielder role next year? No. Yes and at no. At some
0: point in the year. Not, yes. not necessarily to start. At, at some point, I think by September of next year, he's up. Just, just because. Uh, he has to be on the 40-man anyways by the end of this season. Exactly. So they will have that excuse. Dayton loves him. Piccolo loves him. He, hometown I, – yeah, I, absolutely. Um, I, I think he's up by September of next year, even if it's just for the, the proverbial cup of tea um, or cup of coffee. Uh, maybe the maybe maybe in cricket or something that's the cup of tea over in Britain there, but uh, here yeah cup of coffee. Um, but yeah, I know. I think what the way he's hitting right now, and let me check because I don't even think it's necessarily uh, Babbitt Field. I mean, he does look different. I probably I think I've seen in his so far in his 13 games in Northwest Arkansas, I. Probably seen at least ten of them, um, so I feel like I, I've got a good idea of what he's doing just from at least a, a memory and a visual point. I mean, his Babbitt's actually at 265, so it, it's it's pretty low there. Obviously, hitting home runs makes sense there. And but one thing that that I like and something that he's really really done this year um, is walk. You know, he has in in High A in Wilmington, he had almost a 14% walk rate. Here in Double A, he's got almost an 11% walk rate. And his strikeouts are down from thirty three percent in wilmington now down to twenty one point eight almost twenty two percent on his strikeout rate, which that'll play if he's has excellent defense in right field like or center field as we know he has he's a great base runner there if he keeps hitting for home runs i mean right now his line is two forty five average three twenty seven o b p four ninety slugging and a you know a one twenty one w r c plus yeah, I mean, even if he let's just let's just call him a hundred WRC plus somehow, and just say he gets to that with his defense and base running, he's slowly getting back into that prospect idea. I, he's still in a really, really big well from you know what he's been. It's been two years really since he's been a good, good hitter, or at least hit the way that we're expecting him to hit, but. Yeah, I mean, he's really come around, he's he's walking, he's making contact. Um, one thing that he, he seemingly has done better, just from my my eye, and sadly we don't have pitch effects to, to really track it, but um, he, he doesn't chase as much down in the zone. One of his big issues was always making contact rather than chasing. You know, you think of, and I mentioned this a little while back in one of the comments sections, um, George Springer is a guy who, who just chases. You know, it's not necessarily a contact issue. It's just making contact with bad pitches. He just chases. But Starling, from what I've watched, at least, and this goes back a few years, is that he doesn't necessarily chase bad pitches. He does. But, you know, every hitter, you know, Miguel Cabrera chases bad pitches. It happens. But Starling's big problem is just making contact overall, even on good pitches there. He'll get beat on fastballs. He especially gets beat on changeups. ups there. Um, but it, it has been a bit of a different Starling. And I think eventually, obviously if he keeps hitting you know, he hit two twelve WRC plus in Wilmington. Now he's at one twenty one. Obviously one hundred twenty one's more realistic than two twelve, but still he has been different. You know the power's there. Um Arvis Park in northwest Arkansas does play up right handed power. It's a three hundred and fifteen foot uh left field there. So you know, a good a good foul ball that just happens to stay fair is a home run. at Arvis in the left field there, but some of his home runs have been um, to to left center, well over the wall. So yeah, I, I'm very encouraged by what I've seen, but he still got still got a hole to, to dig out to dig out of
1: there. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it seems to me he really dug himself to a hole in 2014. Um He was he didn't he didn't start playing until way late uh in yeah. 2012. Um, so and, and in 2012, so in 2012, uh, he hit 35% better than average, which is good. In 2013, he hit 11% better than average. That's, that's not bad. I mean, it's not yeah. not something that you want to really see, but for a, a really raw guy like him, uh, not bad, not bad at all. Yeah. In 2015, in high A, he's hit two, 112% above league average. Uh, nice. And in AA, he's hit 21% above league average. It's just 2014 that he had a poor year, and yeah. people have poor years. And I, I, I can see a situation in which uh, Starling just continues to really hit AA really well. Say he hits, yeah. you know, for the rest of May and June, just hits really, really well, you know, 20 to 40% better than average or so. Uh, I could see him calling – him getting called up in July to, okay. to A. Um he has to keep hitting though, and, and I can see that him him calling up to to Triple A in July or August, staying there, starting next year in Triple A, and then coming up maybe next May doing an Eric Hosmer type of thing. Sure, I think I think that's 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 a realistic scenario. It's, it may not be likely, but it's it's realistic, and I think
0: it's a spectrum. Yeah,
1: you know, he could get called up three weeks from now, but that's not very realistic. Yeah. Um, the I i don't know I, I maybe i'm just too too rosy, but uh, he's got s- such good physical tools that yeah. uh if he can hit if he can just hit a little and just show his power um he can shoot fast um, yeah. agree yeah. once once he solves it up he he's, he's got i mean he's got speed he's got power he's got uh, hitting uh he has and, the base running. He's yeah. got the arm to play right field. He's sure. he's got everything. And if if he figures it all out, he could he could rock it out. And I could see that.
0: Guaranteed. I mean, he's a guaranteed center fielder, uh, just from speed, range, arm. I mean, yeah. If he moves to right, which I, I mean, he could move to right. He really doesn't need to because he's, in my opinion, maybe the second best center fielder, maybe third with Dyson gain. But I mean, he's in conversation with the best center fielder in the whole organization. I think he's a better center fielder. Terrence Gore, um, who's he's good. I mean, speed for Gore obviously is key, but he doesn't have the arm. But yeah, I think Starling's up there, um, one of the best center fielders actually in minor league baseball. As ranked by Baseball America, there they actually see him as a tremendous center fielder, which is great. I mean, you think of John Jay's, who can't really hit but can field center really well, and you know he could still be a two win player just. Through that, now he needs to hit a little bit. He can't have a 20 WRC+, plus. he needs to have a 90 or, you know, 85-ish range there. But, I mean, let's just say, you know, next year, let's say in 2017, you know, we've got two seasons of, or we've got one season of Starling underneath our belt there, um, 80 WRC+, plus, tremendous center fielder. Can you live with that? I mean, are would you take that right at this moment? Yeah,
1: I mean, he's getting paid league average to do so, and... Uh, like I've said before, if Christian Colon was a league-average second baseman, the Royals probably don't spend the money on Infante. Sure.
0: Um,
1: sure. So, so related to defenses, uh, defensive stats and small sample sizes, <laughs> um, so Gerard Dyson has played a little bit of center field this year. Uh, he's played uh, 33 innings in center field. He's played 72 in right and seven innings in and and left, I guess. I don't know. I don't know. When did he play seven innings left field? <laughs> I, so,
0: I don't. I don't. Was it the? I think it was that the cle. I think it was that Cleveland rainout game uh, that took two weeks or took two months later. No, I'm that's last year. I'm just kidding. Anyways, yeah. I, no, I don't know when he played left field. Did Alex Gordon disappear for a little bit? I guess it was when he was injured. That must have been it. I but. I don't know, but anyway. So yeah, for his yeah.
1: career. Uh, His UZR out of 150, which is how many runs above average he is over 150 games, right, is 21.3. That's his career for center field, Uh which is is extremely amazing. Small sample sizes this year in 33 innings. His UZR out of 150 is 122.9. That's, so in this, yeah. in this insane world, putting Gerard Dyson in center field gives you 13 more wins just
0: for that's free. That's 10 or – I was thinking 10, but, I mean, yeah, that's 10-plus more wins. I mean, <laughs> right. Royals are far and away the best team in baseball in that scenario, essentially. <laughs> yeah. I mean, not even close. I mean, you know, they're, a, they're what, a 29-win team, which would – had they played – yeah, they have. I was thinking they would have only have lost – actually – They'd be undefeated. I mean, in theory, they'd almost be undefeated at this point. I mean, if that were. So, Obviously, what's on the field and on the, the you know Excel spreadsheet is different, but still, yeah, I mean, that's...
1: So, so yeah, there, there you go. Um, there's a nice. small sample size, fun for the... <laughs> there's your, fact of, your uh,
0: fact of the day there. Speaking of wins, um, let's talk some playoff odds real quick here. Um, baseball prospectus has the Royals at 79 wins if you do the math they project them to win 60 more wins that seems a little low don't you think
1: uh, just just a little maybe
0: yeah. 10 wins low okay
1: I, I i don't know at at this point um the thing is it's not like the Royals have just been winning luckily they've been their run differential is incredible yeah uh so i think at some point you know the the projection the projection systems are supposed to be uh somewhat uh see improvements in a more negative or conservative light sure yeah and they would be bad projection systems if they didn't but 79 is that's that's too low fan yeah. i think has them at 85 which is pretty good yeah i i think that's 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 pretty accurate that's probably within 4 games of being correct
0: uh-uh. yeah and they're liked by let me pull it up. I think they're liked by not only like Pythag um, actual record, but I think FanGraphs. Uh, I think the base runs, the kind of um, how, how would you describe base runs? Um, sequ- luck removed Pythag essentially, or advanced Pythag. There, they're like. I mean, they're the second best team in base. Or they're the Dodgers are twenty and nine. They're twenty and ten. So. There's even argument that by base runs, by removing luck and sequencing, and kind of looking at how many runs they should have scored, they're still they're better than they are now. There, so yeah, that um, that BP thing is it's out there, but we knew Pocota going in the year wasn't very you know optimistic on the Royals to begin with. Essentially,
1: yeah, I I, I think the Royals have been good. It's it's just uh, I don't think. Um, this has um, been some discussion on projection systems in, in the comments for uh, years, really. Yes. Years. People have, people have been saying, oh, well, projection systems can't predict, blah, blah, blah. And they can't, right? If, if a pitcher develops a new pitch, projection system doesn't know that, doesn't project for them to do yeah. it. If a hitter changes his approach drastically, the way that Mike Moustakis has done, um, the projection systems can't foresee that. Yeah. And projection systems are not so good at seeing big jumps in talent just based right. on other things clicking, like Eric Hosmer hitting 60% above league average. Um, but projection systems are good at everything else. Literally, literally, yeah. They're great at everything else.
0: Um, better than us. Better than humans, by far. So
1: it's you, you see these, these small things. And in the Royals' case, um, Moose and Hosmer are doing way better than they are. Uh, and the bullpen has been overperforming based on uh, yeah. batted ball. Although the bullpen is just stupid. it's The yeah. bullpen's ridiculous. Um, it, it's not quite this good, though.
0: Yeah, and they – and, I mean, this was a big discussion, I think, last year that everybody – or this offseason, uh, there was a couple articles out there specifically talking about uh, Dan Zaborski's Zips is that, you know, how come how come Zips didn't project you know Corey Kluber. How come they didn't know that was coming? Or um, JD Martinez? And it's like, well, you don't want your projection system to do that. You don't want it to just base. I mean, it'd be great if it did, but you don't want a projection system that just takes a player and goes, okay, all of a sudden this guy's going to be worth three times as many wins as he's ever been in his life. You, you would, wouldn't you, question that projection system if that just all of a sudden was this huge outlier out there for for no reason that you can't see on the you know stat sheet? Yeah. Yes, indeed. Yes, agreed. Okay, um, so playoff odds, just real quick, uh, we can burn through. I think we're going to cover two more things, listeners. So, so stay with us here. Um, playoff odds, BP has them at thirty-eight point eight percent to make the playoffs. What do you think? They've got Detroit at 68.4, 30 percent better. You think that's accurate, or what are your thoughts? I, I think personally, that's a little too high. I think the gap, the gulf, is a little thinner than you know thirty difference
1: between them. uh just painting with a broad brush I'd say that's yeah, that's about right. I mean Okay. Uh just because Detroit is the the proven club and they've got the best hitter in baseball and sure. um <laughs> they've upgraded their closer. Sorry is way better than Joe Nathan. Yeah. Way better. Um so they're not they're not gonna just be coughing up leads in the ninth inning just like Willy wonky giving out candy. Um yeah um and, and If they don't win the division, it's a lot harder because there are any number of teams that could go on a hot streak like the Royals did last year and just nab one of those spots. So I'd
0: I'd say that's about right. Now, Fangraphs has it Mm -hmm. at 70% Tigers, 51.3% Royals. A little smaller golf, but, I mean, the Royals by far are better, you know, than the Indians, the White Sox, and the Twins there. Um, and, And even on that note there... They've got B P has the Twins with better playoff odds, which you know, they are five games above five hundred, but still they have better playoff odds than the Indians and the White Sox. Seems like maybe to me personally I, that's a little rich in my opinion. Do you, do you think you agree with that?
1: Yeah, the I mean I was I was looking at the uh the run differential the other day and the twins have actually done pretty well. Like their run differential and their actual record matches up. Um so they have been good as good as uh, the record shows but going forward I don't, I don't see them to continue that um, does not surprise me that the White Sox are, are not um, are not as well liked I, yeah. a, a lot of people picked the White Sox because uh, you know a, n- a number of things they had a lot of upside um, and were really flashy but I, I just – they they're really bad last year, like really, really, really bad. Yeah. And they basically had to come up with 15 to 20 wins on top of what they did last year to make the playoffs. And I thought that's insane. So um, I'm, I'm feeling slightly smug that the, the White Sox are doing basically what I thought they would do, which is
0: not be good.
1: <laughs> but, uh, you know, they've still got some upside. They may surprise us. The Indians, though, that defense is just – that
0: defense is a travesty. Oh, that's brutal. I mean – uh, man, I, it's hard to, if I was an Indian fan, you know, we're spoiled by how good the Royals defense is, but, man, it's hard to, to turn on Fox Sports Ohio and, you know, they have to watch. It, it, and the the funny thing is is that this defense is terrible, but they have maybe the best defensive player in ba- in, in the minor leagues, at least, uh, in Lindor, coming up soon. So it's kind of, they all of a sudden have this savior, this kind of Jesus-level, you know, uh, defender that's going to all of a sudden be slotted into just this awful defense. And it just happens to be at maybe the most essential defensive spot in baseball. So they should see some improvement, but still, yeah, it's a bad, bad defense. And the pitching has been terrible as well so far, which essentially has negated any offense that they could have done there. So, um, we mentioned just briefly there, Hosmer and Moustakis, um, Do you buy into, I mean, you know, it's still short, uh, small sample size on it there. You know, we're only 120 plate appearances for Moose into the year, completely different hitter. We've seen numerous articles on what's changed. What do you think? I mean, you think this is improvement or do you think this is small sample size? Um, I think it's
1: improvement. It's the statistics say, just looking at the statistics, you'd say, okay, well, he's, he's getting lucky. He's, 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 this is just a small thing. But that's, you know, that's why you watch baseball. And watching it, Moose is just a
0: completely different guy. Yeah. So, and Moose, yes. Even by projections there, I mean, so far he's been about, he's been a one, one and a half win player. I mean, even the projection systems, they drop him from, uh, so the zip steamer combo drops him from 142 down to 100. So, for the rest of the season. So, they basically say he's going to be a 42% worse hitter than he is now. Yet he's still going to be worth, you know, two point one wins with his defense and every. It, it, we could be looking at, I mean, a three and a half win Mustakis, which is back to twenty twelve levels there essentially should mm-hmm. be fantastic. Um, now Hosmer, there, you know, full time first baseman. We know he's not going to hit one sixty two WRC plus, but it seems like he's going to kind of massage that kind of sweet level where you've really got to hit to be a first baseman and he all for the years he was like a 105ish you know wrc plus where he was a good hitter but not good for first base going forward he's projected to be you kind of buy into hosmer as well there
1: um hosmer's trickier um i but the, sh- the short answer is yes the long answer is his his upside is through the roof yeah. um he has everything that you would want in the hitter he's got the average he's got the power he has the line drive he's super athletic so he still so age well um and his, his defensive numbers his first, the first two years were really horrible but um if, if you look outside of that um and somewhere something happened between 2012 and 2013 where drs had him as uh defensive run saved had him more Costing the Royals five runs in 2012, and being worth three runs in 2013, and he was worth three runs in 2014, and so far in 2015 he's been worth two. So some something happened, yeah, and yeah. I don't know if if the, if the if the numbers are because of positioning, but like I think it's pretty safe to say he's a legitimately good defender. It's just that positional adjustment at first base is is brutal. Um, yeah. I is he's. He's, he could be Miguel Cabrera light, you know, like he's, he's got, he's got all the skills, but, and he's shown portions of those skills at various points.
0: Um, and he's a high contact I mean, you know, he's, he's not like your classic slugging first baseman, maybe like, um. You know, maybe like Anthony Rizzo there. I mean, he's not someone that's going to, you know, strike out 25 or you know, Adam Dunn. He's not striking out a ton, but, you know, hitting with power in return there. I mean, he's a pretty high contact hitter, you know, pretty low strikeout rate, definitely below the league average or better than league average, I should say, um, and hitting for power there. So, yeah, I mean, he's as we were hoping he would be and as he showed, you know, flashes of of uh, in the past, you know, he could be a at least for uh, average, you know, two win first baseman, which seems like you know for a, not seems like, but for a small market team like the Royals, two the two win position player all across the board. I'll take that in any spot, any spot possible. That would, that's perfect for the Royals there. Mm-hmm. Because yeah, good. Um,
1: but I, I basically had nothing. I was I was just thinking. I was looking at Albert Pujols. He reminds me a little bit of prime Albert Pujols um, just striking out a little more and hitting for power a little less but I mean yeah. he, he's, he takes a walk he's hit for hits for average he when he comes up to bat it's like oh no
0: would you would you sign Hosmer for that proposed uh, whatever it was 10 year 100 million or I don't remember what the contract was but let's say 100 million over the next six years or so would you write that contract right now you think um, sure
1: if they could sure order- why not
0: why not yeah Okay. All right. I mean, it seems like there's no outlier with him there, that it, it could work going forward, at least. It's not ridiculous. and um, That's all of that's all the, the, the kind of related stuff there, Royals-related. Any, anything you can think of there that we should discuss here for our vaunted listeners? Uh, I don't know. If,
1: if the Royals were to get into another fight, who do you want the guy fighting? For the Royals, if, the, if this was like five uh, years ago, it would be it would be Farnsworth, but like yeah,
0: no doubt. Who would it be this year? Um, maybe Chris Young. I mean, <laughs> big guy. You know, I mean, he'd have the reach. I mean, he's biggest guy on the team. Yeah, probably Chris Young or maybe Hunter Dozier. And, and I know I've got the Dozier love is the kind of meme going around, but the guy is he's a brick wall. I mean, he's a linebacker body. I, I think I'd take him or Chris Young. Who, who do you have? I don't know. I, I just I just came up with that uh, that question on the spot because
1: uh, you know Farnsworth is now a linebacker or something, yeah. which is yeah. which is ridiculous. And and there's <laughs> there's videos of him you know just slamming someone to the ground. Um, but it would it would not be your Donna Ventura like Donna Ventura yelling at, at Mike Trout. This is just really funny. I don't know. I might pick Salvador Perez. Like the guy's just yeah. he's a
0: big dude. Speaking of Perez. And I was thinking about this the other day. Let's say, let's let's say he can't catch tomorrow. He can't catch another game. He has to DH, and we have a DH spot open. He doesn't. His bat wouldn't really play for DH. I mean, what are they going to do if you know he's already had knee surgery? What are they going to do with him if he can't catch anymore? You know, I mean, he could play first. I mean, he's got a, basically a league average bat, but you know, a league average bat at first is a below average bat essentially. I mean. Where do you think he can go other than catcher? I I don't want to think about that. I, I, I yes. just don't want to think about it. <laughs> we'll worry about that six years from now There. Yeah,
1: when Ned Yost plays him for 1,000 games a year.
0: Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, the change in this podcast, listeners here, um, we're going to have at the end of every cast a question, just an off-topic completely random question here, and I'm going to pick out this one. I'm going to ask Matt this. Matt, yep. what is – What's the the kind of um, what's the most regarded? And you're a classical musical, classic music fan for for listeners who aren't aware there. Um, what's like the most kind of vaunted? What's the number one classical piece of all time? Do you think there, as far as popularity goes? Maybe not. You know, Mike Trout's the best baseball player, but he doesn't win the MVP every year. Who do you, what do you think is the MVP of classical music? What song?
1: Oh, who – who, okay. So these are two, two different questions. There's who's the MVP of classical music and okay. what is the most popular piece of classical music, which is also yeah. different from what is the best piece of classical
0: music? Okay. Agreed. Yes. Okay. Can you answer all three of them?
1: Um, off the top of my head. So MVP um, might be – it would have to be either Mozart or Beethoven. Okay. Um, the reason being is um, both of them were uh, Mozart was basically the classical period, which lasted from um, the, the early to mid seventeen hundreds into into the early eighteen twenties. Um, Mozart is the guy that for an entire you know hundred year period he is the guy. Plus, he wrote operas. So, if you've ever seen Don Giovanni or The Magic Flute um, or The Marriage of Figaro, uh, he wrote symphonies. Uh, He wrote songs. He wrote concertos for horns. Four of the most popular horn pieces uh, were written by Mozart. Um, Okay. (laughs) So, so he's he's got he's got a a first ticket, Um, and. Uh, on, also on the short list is Beethoven, for obvious reasons, probably uh, – he didn't, he didn't write, really do opera, but he wrote a lot of piano stuff, as did Mozart, um, and his symphonies are – the nine Beethoven symphonies are their own thing. Okay, um,
0: it's, and a little further kind of on that, in an art, let's just take a look at the art world there. Um, you know, you've you got Van Gogh, you've got um, Da Vinci, and they're all good artists. But, and it's hard to say that you know Da Vinci's a better painter than, than Van Gogh is what separates Beethoven and, and Mozart and Bach. They're just great writers. Th- their music is good. Is that it? Is it style or is it just man? These guys. If you put one song of Mozart compared to one song of Joe Smith, Mozart just songs are better. Is that essentially what stands those guys apart there?
1: Yeah, um, just a number of things. They write. They write better melodies um, and what what they do with the the music um in in a, in a form setting uh up close like how how they you know uh develop something so here 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 here's a um here's a music theory tidbit for you so there's something called a sonata form and if you listen to beethoven's fifth um it's it's a sonata form or beethoven's third um, both of those you, you would probably recognize if you heard them. You know, the fifth is da, 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 da. okay. Um, so a sonata form is you've got this this intro, uh, the, this this first section. You've got your section A, which is basically made up of two different um, sections within A, and then your section B is your development. So that's, you take what's in section A and then you do stuff to it. So you go through keys, you do, um, you know, you change it around, you juxtapose stuff, you introduce some new, some new uh, content and then make, make new music. If you listen to Beethoven, his development sections are just better than anybody else's. And that's, that's just one example of Beethoven's – Beethoven's good because of what he does with, uh, right. with his material in addition to coming up with the themes, what he does with it. So, so that, that would be the, – the first answer is who is the MVP of classical music? I would probably say uh, Beethoven.
0: Okay, but it's cl- – but it sounds like it's close. Between... I, would,
1: I would say so too. I mean there are well, lots well, of other good answers, but yeah. it would have to be Beethoven.
0: Okay, is it and real quick is it pronounced? This is a word that I've always. It, is it leit motif That like a reoccurring theme. Is that how how it's pronounced?
1: Uh, light motif.
0: Light motif. Um, but leitmotif. Yeah, motif would
1: be. Uh, I think L-E-I-T is light, but uh, okay. M-O-T-I-F is motif.
0: That's off topic. Anyway, all right. So uh, uh, what were the other? The two? second part uh, was
1: uh, classical piece, the, the piece yes. of all time. Yes. Um, Again, I would probably have to say Beethoven's Fifth, because if, you, if okay. you go up to anybody and go, da 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 da, they're like, yeah, I, I know that. <laughs> right. Um, of the other pieces, Elgar's Pompum Circumstance. Yes. Da, 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 Graduation. Da, da. Right. right. That, that would be sort of an off the wall other pick, because it's not what okay. you would consider classical music, it, what a lot of people would consider classical music, but people instantly know that. So.
0: Carmen's pretty popular too. Right?
1: Yes, yeah. I mean, there's there's a lot. There's there's okay. an awful lot.
0: And then what
1: was the, what was the third question?
0: Um, MVP most popular was it the best of all time? I think oh, is that the third best of there? all time? Yeah,
1: that that's really hard.
0: Um, yeah. but uh, Is there one that's maybe regarded as you know, Citizen Kane is regarded as the best film of all time by many of critics there, or even The Godfather. You know, they're both up there. But is there one that's you know? known or maybe thought of in a musical theory sense of, you know, hey, for score, for notation, for theme, I mean, just all the makeup of, you know, what it takes to be the best composition of all time that, you know, this probably has it.
1: Um, so there are a couple of different different answers. You could say one of Mahler's symphonies. So um, the symphony just got bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger and then Mahler is just is huge and what Mahler does with the symphony, nobody else did afterwards. Um, so for the symphony, maybe Mahler, but probably again coming back to Beethoven. Beethoven's Ninth. So he wrote the Ninth in like eighteen twenty-seven. Nobody wrote another symphony for another twenty years. Like that—that's how, how big it was. People were like, "Oh, he wrote this. Um, you know, never mind. I, I'll I'll do something else." You know, no nobody tackled the genre for another twenty thirty years. Um, but. There are in each specific realm of type of music, so symphony orchestra, string quartet, uh, brass quintet, uh, opera. There there are different answers. Okay. Um, People tend to think of classical music as this whole group. Yeah. um, But it's really not. I mean, you listen to an opera that's way different than uh, a string quartet like way different, but people see it as, as the same somehow. Um,
0: so do you get into, um, uh, musicals? I mean, do you, is that, is that a thing you're interested in musicals there just because it's kind of, you know, it's got a bit of, it's got a, it's got a lyric book and a a music book there.
1: Um, I'm not personally really big into musicals myself, but I, uh, I have no reason to not be, I guess I'm, I'm just not because it just hasn't really happened. Okay. Um, but, I mean, Les Mis, it's a gr- great musical. Um,
0: sure. Do you appreciate music? I mean, when you go to Les Mis, do you, me as a casual person, I hear the songs and I go, uh, you know, oh, one more day. That, that's a, that's a cool song, cool, you know, it's impactful to me. But as someone who kind of cares more about the musical side of it maybe, do you kind of judge Les Mis on the score, you know, the the way that the – that one more day or the, um, the main theme that I can't think of the name, how that's reoccurring. I mean, is that something that you consciously pick up on and care about when you go to listen to any musical or anything like that there?
1: Sure. But Lim is, uh, is more orchestral, more operatic than a lot of, a lot of musicals. You know, if it's something like Rent or something, uh, sure. or it's, you know, different style then, you know, not so much. Um, okay. Yeah, musical, musicals, I don't know, I've just I've just never gotten into them. Um I'm aware of people love them and uh I've enjoyed most of the musicals that I've seen. It's just like it's its own thing. Kind of like opera. Yeah. Like um opera's its own thing. And Okay. Uh that's it's something that I I, I know I don't like opera for a number of reasons, which I won't I won't uh-huh.
0: get into. But final final thing here before we sign off. Okay. I'm gonna read you the kick the website's called Kick Ass Classical. This is the top ten Classical Songs of All Time. I'm going to read you the name of the title. Okay. You've got to tell me who the composer is. Okay. All right. All right. Number one should be easy. Symphony number five.
1: <laughs> Anybody with five symphonies
0: or Beethoven. <laughs> okay. Beethoven. I mean, just think of this as like the most popular of all time or, or number one. Um, 1812 Overture. That's Tchaikovsky. Tchaikovsky is my personal favorite composer. Okay. Um, Ein Kleine knock music. Oh, uh, that –
1: is that Mendelssohn or Bach it starts with an M it's Mendelssohn
0: it's a different starts with an M. Uh, it's another very popular maybe the most popular M who we just talked about Mahler we just talked about him like Mozart Mozart, oh, right. Mozart. yeah I, I haven't been
1: in, in this sort of realm for a couple of years so I'm really rusty but continue how
0: about how about Toccata and Fugue and D minor that's how about the William Tell overture? William Tell is uh, Puccini. Ooh. What was the name again? Puccini? I've got a different one. It starts with an R. Oh,
1: it's well, Let me let me cheat and look at this. Up. <laughs> uh uh oh, no. oh, Rossini. Excuse me.
0: Rossini. Right.
1: The, Giochino, Rossini. The, the the two are pretty similar in terms of okay. uh, tone and Style so. How
0: about uh, Canon and D?
1: Pocket Bell, unfortunately. <laughs>
0: what's what? Is, what's that mean? I don't know what that means. Um,
1: it's it's got the same baseline So bum 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 bum
0: bum. Repeat for five minutes. Oh, <laughs> so you're not a fan of Canon? It's and not D. so great. Okay, how about Blue Danube, Danube? Danube. I think I've heard of this guy. Blue. Blue Danube. Ah. Uh, um. Or yeah.
1: He's got uh, a was that Strauss?
0: It is Strauss, there you go. Um final two Carmina, Burana or Fortuna.
1: Ah, uh, Carmina. It's an opera. It's is that Puccini? No. Oh or, or oh Fortuna, that one. Right. That one is uh I think he's German, this guy.
0: He's definitely German.
1: I, I, do, I do not know that guy. Just oh it starts with a no. It starts
0: with an O. It does, right, um, right. Carl Orff. A German guy named Carl Orf, right.
1: Yeah. The weird thing uh, about that is like that's his, his thing. Like there's there's nothing else. Or like he's he's written other stuff, but like
0: that, okay. that's what he's known for. This might be a different guy. Uh also sprach Zarathustra. Uh that would be Strauss. Is that the same Strauss as blue? Uh no, it's, 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 there's
1: Johan and there's Rikard, so that's that's
0: Rikard. Yeah. Okay. And then final one, uh, Orpheus in the Underworld, Infernal Gallop. I don't know. Okay, Offenbach? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. We got in on a good note. Okay. How about this Messiah Hallelujah course? Um,
1: the entire Messiah is handled. I don't know why. <laughs> I guess if it's, if it's specifying songs.
0: Yeah, I think it's just that one really popular. Yeah, I think that's the most popular of the whole Messiah piece is that is the hallelujah it's course. it's
1: great man like that, that like
0: there's that. a reason why people love that chorus have you seen that I'm, I'm sure you've seen it many a stagings on that um thing. i've i've performed that thing probably performed it right i didn't think about that and then finally how about the star spangled banner who, who who wrote that one
1: <sighs> somebody that it's not it's the worst
0: <laughs> it
1: is the worst
0: Oh, it's, I don't know why I was thinking it was John Philip Sousa. No, it's, it's not. not at all. <laughs> okay, well, that's our, uh, that was our game there. I, I can't say that we're going to have, what did he write? What was his big thing? Oh, Stars and, well, I don't know what he stars,
1: wrote. You're right. correct. It's Stars and
0: stripes Forever and stars,
1: every other March.
0: Yeah, he's a big time guy. I bet, I bet his estate probably has a lot of money, unless it's public domain by now. Um all right, well, good, Matt. How about that inaugural podcast? There, that's great for for us here, um, listeners. You can always find us at royalsreview dot com. Um, you could follow Matt on Twitter at Matt's Twitter name, which he'll tell you right now, which is
1: uh, Lamar underscore Matt.
0: And that's L A M A R underscore Matt. Correct. Um, and you can find me at Shancore. S H A U N C O R E. Um, Both of us have named by Twitter themselves top ten Twitter accounts in history, so definitely follow us. You you have no idea what you're missing at this point. Um, Final note, the Royals game has still not returned yet. When we first started this podcast, it just started on rain delay, and an hour and however long it's been later, it still isn't back yet. So we'll see if this game gets played tonight. Uh, We'll know by the time you're listening to this podcast. Hopefully the Royals have won it. Uh, Matt, any final uh, salvo there? Anything you, you've got to say before you uh, shuffle off this uh, audio coil? Um, no, I, okay, I. Why did
1: Ward put a picture of Zach Granky on the game thread? I don't.
0: <laughs> oh yeah, you're right. He did the other day. Uh, All right,
1: I don't know. I've got nothing.
0: Yeah. Wait. Does the uh, you knew Zach. You knew all along, didn't you? I, I don't. I have no idea. Ward, <laughs> listen. Ward's getting—he's gone in like a week. And you—I mean, we're kicking him out, so he's—he's <laughs> he's already on the chopping block. So good. All right. Well, Matt. Uh, thanks for having me on, and thanks for coming on with me. And uh, listeners, uh, we don't know when we'll do it again. Hopefully, we'll be soon. But. Um, I think
1: we're, starting, we're shooting for every every two weeks or so. Um, two, yeah. ne- next time we'll have uh, more people. Uh, th- this time we realized we hadn't done one in a while,
0: so we're like, ah, eh, let's let's do it. But we had to prove we had to prove ourselves. You know, nobody would just come on. We can't have the other riders on. They they don't know. We had to have a starting ground first here. You know, we had to be. It actually have some content before somebody would join on with us unfortunately. Yes.
1: So. Insert
0: some lame baseball thing about rookies and veterans. I, I couldn't think of anything I was trying to as I said it. So okay, all right, well uh, thanks for listening everybody. Have a, have a good morning, good evening or good night.